Welcome to Life Eternal Podcast and Radio. This is Pastor Abraham Mabua. Uh, thank the Lord for this wonderful day that He has given unto us. We rejoice in His goodness, we rejoice in His love and in His mercies towards us. It is a day like no other, a day that we have received by the grace of God that we may proclaim of His goodness on the mountaintops, we may boldly preach the gospel for in it, as Paul says, is the power of God to salvation for those who believe, both the Jews and the Gentiles. It does not matter your skin color. It does not matter your background. It does not matter your race. It does not matter your nationality or any other human boundaries. In Christ, you are a son and adorer of the Most High God. This ministry is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate every support that we receive from you. We appreciate every prayers. We covet your prayers greatly, knowing that it is you to whom we have been sent. And through your support, we are able to keep broadcasting these messages on air to the ends of the world that the world may know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the God whom we serve is living is great is mighty all other gods are just works and imaginations of men and therefore consider becoming a monthly subscriber Uh, to uh, this podcast and we appreciate so much father receive glory honor and adoration thank you for this day open our eyes open our ears that we may hear and that we may see that we may know that it is you and you alone who gives bread that does not perish bread that leads to eternal life It is only in you do we partake of the waters, the living waters, that when we partake of it, we shall thirst no more. Feed us, Lord, for your glory, for your praise, for your name. Our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. This day, in this program, the Good Shepherd program, I want to share with you on the topic of Christ in our place. Christ in our place. To be in Christ, as Romans, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 6 and in Ephesians and in Colossians and everywhere else in his letters, to be in Christ begins with Christ taking our place. And in today's lesson, I want us to look at The book of Romans chapter 5. The word of God says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
And now, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because of the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, we have access by faith into this grace. We can approach God knowing that we are at, we are at peace with Him. This is only made possible through Christ, our faith in Jesus Christ alone. Now, before that, Paul goes back to remind us that before Christ did all that, God already loved us. For he says, for when we were still without strength, when we were still without strength, when we were still sinners, for when you're outside of God, you have no strength. We were created to function in the strength of God. When he created Adam and he put him in the Garden of Adam, Adam was to operate and function in the strength and in the wisdom of God. Through falling into sin, Adam fell from that position of support from God. And so God did not stop loving humanity just because Adam fell into sin. God still loved man, for he created man after his own image in his likeness. Man was the apple of God's eye. Remember in the book of Genesis, when man was created, the word of God says that God was very pleased. He was pleased because the rest of the creation looked good. But after creating man after his own image and in his own likeness, he looked at man and he said, this is very good. So God still loved man even though man had fallen from grace. And so Paul says, for when we were still without strength, when we were disconnected from God, due in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He arrived right on time to make this happen. It doesn't require for God to wait. It did not require for him to wait for man to stand or for man to clean his ways or for man to be aware of his ways. Now, God died for men, even when he was still in godly. He didn't wait. He doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presents himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. I have heard of many who claim they need time to think. They need time to pray in order to accept Jesus Christ in their lives. Christ did not wait for you. While 
you were ungodly. While we were all ungodly, Christ died for us. He demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, he went on the cross for your sake and my sake. Jesus teaches that love is laying down your life for the sake of a friend. And so you are a friend of God. Even though you are still a sinner, God was your friend. What separated you from him was the sin that caused you to live and walk in an ungodly way. And therefore, God took the initiative, came down from heaven, and died, paid the penalty of sin on your behalf, Christ in our place. It was a hefty price that we could not afford to pay. It was a steep price that we could not afford even to pay with our own lives. We owed a great debt to the gods and to the nations that we could not afford to pay and therefore we were kept in bondage all this time until the right time when Christ now came and took our place. We did not have to stand there on our own accord we do not have to stand there on our own righteousness. If anything, the word of God says the righteousness of man is like filthy rags before him. And therefore, all of you and all of I without Christ, we do not qualify. We are only qualified through Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a position of standing before God, that you are standing rightly before God, and when you're judged, everything measures up. But that is only possible through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He says, without me, there is nothing you can do. The only way to go to the Father is through me. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And therefore, Jesus Christ takes our place that we no longer have to observe a certain law we no longer have to do anything in order to qualify to be justified and to be made right before the father he died for our sake he paid for your penalties he paid for your sins all your sins are nailed on the cross and through that death the word of god says we were reconciled to God. Now we were made right before God. Now, being in Christ begins on that position that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ took our place. From that point on, every believer in Jesus Christ does not stand on their own accord. They stand on the justice and the righteous qualifications of Jesus Christ. 
Outside of him is vanity of vanities. Outside of him is a waste of time. He says and he makes it clear in John chapter 5, 15, 5, that without me there is nothing you can do to be right before God. Without me, there is nothing you can do to be justified before God. Your righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. Your justification is the justification of Christ. For he came and he fulfilled the law which man could not fulfill. He observed every part of the law. Jesus says, I did not come to dismiss the law. Rather, I came to fulfill the law for your sake. Christ in your place. Christ in your place. Why was that necessary? Because the fall of Adam led to death. In verse 12 of Romans 5, the Bible says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin did, is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come, but the free gift, the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And therefore, sin dealt death to men. The gift that God gave the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the gift of Jesus Christ was the life-giving gift. And therefore, we have to understand this in order to now have a clarity of what it means when Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Adam landed us in the dilemma we are in or we were in because I want to believe that you are now in Christ. First came the sin and then the death followed. God tells Adam, if you disobey my command that I have just given to you, dying you shall die. Everything you begin doing if you commit this sin will be leading to death. Every thought that you come up with, every wisdom that you cook up will always lead to death. The ways of men, the thoughts of men always lead to death. It does not matter how good it may look like. Without me, there is nothing you can do. Christ in our place. The sin caused a division, a disruption in the relationship between God and man. 
Men began looking for their own ways and everything they did led to death. Thank God for Jesus Christ, the life-giving gift that through him we have life. Just as through when man death entered, also through when man Jesus Christ, life has entered. Christ in our place. Glory be to God. The Bible says in verse 16, And the gift is not like that which comes through the one man who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses, the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justifications. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. To be in Christ begins with Christ taking your place. And therefore, when we have that understanding, then we know that without Christ, there is nothing you can do to be right before God. There are many who are living a good life, and we know they are good because they are always there whenever the community needs them. They are always there whenever there is a tragedy in the community. They are good. They offer their material help. They offer their comfort. They are there. They are standing with you, but they have, they do not have Christ in them. While their deeds are good, and we know them as good men, they lack that one thing that qualifies them to be right before God, and that is Jesus Christ. To be in Christ begins with Christ taking your place. Galatians chapter 2, Paul says, chapter 2 verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that I now live, I live it by faith through Jesus Christ. And therefore, it is no longer pursuing your own righteousness, as is the case with the good people that we have in our community. It is now the pursuit of the righteousness of Jesus Christ where he invites us into his being for in him do we have our all being he invites us into his being and he says come to me all those who labor all those who are working to be right before god come to me i have already fulfilled that requirement come to me and in me when you come to me take a rest sit at my feet Teach, let me teach you. Let me let me show you. Learn of me the unforced rhythms of grace. 
because every man has an inherent desire to be made right and to be justified. Every man has an inherent desire to be considered right, to be qualified. That's why men work to earn popularity or to earn uh, recognition. They want to be accepted by their peers. The problem is they are doing it in the wrong place. In this today, in today's world, the word begins by saying, while we were still weak, while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. In other words, in Ephesians chapter 1, the word of God says, you have been accepted in the beloved. You have been accepted in the beloved. Therefore, come to me. You are not coming to me to seek acceptance. I already accepted you while you were still in darkness. I died for your sake while you were still weak, while you were still in the position of rebellion, while you were still in the position of pursuing you for your own righteousness. I died for your sake, for your ways lead to death. Come to me. When you come to me, you receive the life-given spirit, the life-given gift that has been given to you by God the Father. Come to me and you shall find rest. Now, why am I uh, uh, emphasizing on this? In the book of John, chapter 6, verse 44, the, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless they have been sent by God. John 6, 44. Let us open that pretty quick. John 6, 44. Jesus says, No one can come to me unless they have been sent by God. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day no one comes to me unless the father who sent me has drawn him and therefore how would you know the father is drawing you to jesus christ when your desire is to be accepted when your desire is to be to be approved when your desire is to to be pleasing before god god the voice of god came from heaven upon jesus christ when he was being baptized and he said this is my son in whom i am well pleased and therefore listen to him come to me come to him when you come to jesus christ when he has taken your place, your place where you desire to be accepted, a place where you desire to be, to be loved, a place where you desire to be approved, Jesus Christ takes your place and now you come under him that now Jesus, the victories, the acceptance, the approval of Jesus become your approval, become your acceptance, become everything, the victories of Jesus Christ becomes your victories. You partake in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in your place. And so you no longer have to seek approval from men because one again, once again, men and their thoughts 
the ways of men and the thoughts of men will always lead to death. But Jesus Christ has come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. Glory be to God. And therefore you are dead to sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. And so Paul now challenges you and I with this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Shall we continue sinning because uh, so God can keep on forgiving? No. He says certainly not. How shall we who died to sin? Because when Christ died, we died with him. When Christ died to sin, we died with him. And so as far as sin is concerned, we are dead. A dead body cannot respond. A dead body cannot respond to anything. We are dead to sin. Sin loses its power on death. And when Christ died on the cross, sin lost its power over you. You are no longer under the power of sin. And when Christ was resurrected by the power of the Holy Ghost, so were you raised to, death, raised to life together with him. And therefore the life that you live is in Christ Jesus. But it all begins with Christ taking your place. So how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. And therefore, being in Christ begins with Christ taking your place, dying to sin, and the life that now he, that he lives as he was resurrected by the glory of God, you live that life. You are now in Christ. You are now in Christ. And the baptism into the life of Jesus Christ means when we were lowered into the waters, when you were lowered into the waters in the act of baptism, it is in the likeness of the burial of Jesus Christ. And when you are raised up out of the water, it is in the likeness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And therefore, baptism, I know there are certain uh, denominations that believe in sprinkling on water, but baptism 
represents, it is the symbolic of your death to sin and the resurrection now in Christ. You die with Christ, you resurrect in Christ. But it all begins again with Christ taking your place. And therefore, each one of us is raised into a light filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace, sovereignty, sovereign country. For now, when you are resurrected in Christ, you are now a citizen of a kingdom of God. You are a new citizen in the kingdom of God. You have this, you have let go of the old kingdom. The old kingdom of sin is dead. You are no longer a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, it is grace that leads us. It is grace that functions in us. We are now in Christ, in the kingdom of Christ. For in the kingdom of darkness, fear of death and the power of sin dominated your life. Everything that you did led to death. In the kingdom of Christ, everything that you do in Christ leads to life. And life more abundantly. Glory be to God. And therefore, Paul goes on to say, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. There is an understanding at that point that now you are no longer a citizen of the kingdom of this world. Although you live in this world, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 2. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You are with Christ, but your bodies, your members, your instruments are here on earth. Do not let your mortal bodies, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not let sin reign in your instruments. These instruments, the hands, legs, your body, which was once used for the kingdom of darkness, can now be used for the kingdom of righteousness. That's what Paul is talking about. Because you now have power over death. You have now power over death. You have power over sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You are no longer under law, but you are under grace. And that calls now uh, for us to learn the ways of God in Christ. The mind of Christ 
who the Bible says he qualified to be the captain of our salvation. He is the shepherd of our soul. And when he calls now on you to come and sit and learn of me, we are learning the mind of Christ. How to bring discipline over our mortal bodies that we do not engage in, the, in, in sinful acts. Because this body, when Christ paid for it, this body belongs to God. This body, which is the temple of God, now belongs to God. Therefore, throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time, remembering that you have been raised from the dead. And therefore, throw yourself into God's way of doing things. Let this mind of Christ be in you. Remember, the word of God says, Jesus Christ, he did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. Same case applies to you. You are God's, the word of God says. It is not robbery to consider yourself equal to God. Let us go there. Philippians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite verses that really keep me grounded. Let this mind be in you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But, you are God's, but, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Now, this is the mind of Christ. He did not consider it robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. He laid down all his glories and took the form of uh, came in, took the form of a bond servant and came in the likeness of man. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself and became obedient, even the obedience of death. And therefore, the mind of Christ is the mind of humility, where you do not go boasting and puffing yourself up to reign in this new kingdom just as jesus says come and sit down and learn of me we come before god and we seek down in the kingdom of god is all about humility it does not matter what qualifications you may have it does not matter what status you may have Humility is a key factor in the kingdom of God. 
because you are no longer pursuing your own life you are in christ christ began by taking your place and now you are in christ and therefore you come in a place of humility before the father learning from god fellowshipping with god staying with god learning the mind of christ thinking like god doing things god's way not your own ways for no longer do you live the life that you live in the flesh you live it by faith in jesus christ and therefore you do not pursue your own thoughts for your thoughts are nowhere close to what god is thinking about you you no longer pursue the wisdom of the senses for these are limited they lead to death you are now in christ you quit thinking like man you begin thinking like god it does not mean that sin will not make an attempt in your life it does not mean that temptations will not be present temptations will be there but when temptations strike you are in Christ you are thinking like Christ and therefore you begin learning how to deal with sinful habits and this is now where we begin real realizing the beauty of being free in God being free in Jesus Christ the word of God says it is for freedom's sake that Christ died for you glory be to God sin no longer has dominion over you you are now learning how to live and how to think like god god has opened himself up and has invited you to come and learn of him he has invited you to come let us look at that matthew chapter 11 verse 28 he has invited you he has called on you he has opened his doors for you he is giving you an invitation now that you believe in me come to me come to me come learn of me let me teach you let me show you how god thinks let me show you how god lives let me show you how god deals with issues here and there And so he says let us begin verse 25 at this time this is Matthew 11:25 to 30 at this time Jesus answered and said I thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes you have hidden these things from the ways and thoughts of men who seem to pursue their own righteousness who think they know better than you and you have revealed them to babes those who have now come into your kingdom they are young and they are desiring to know you those who have been rejected 
rejected by the wisdom of this world and you have revealed these things to them even so father for so it seemed good in your sight all things have been delivered to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father nor does anyone know the father except the son and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him now this is, is, is a revelation that spending time with the Father allows you to know the heart of the Father. And the Father now is able to know your heart and to shape you that you know him as your own Father. And so just as God knew Jesus Christ, just as Jesus Christ knew who the Father was, for in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God, and that Word became flesh. In the beginning, Jesus Christ existed at the Word, and he spent ample time with the Father, that he knew the heart of the Father, that when he came to dwell with men, he was speaking the heart of the Father. He knew the will of the Father. He knew the desires of the Father. He was well acquainted with the God as a Father. And so he says, come to me. Come to me. I know the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. Come to me. All you who labor, all you who are seeking to be justified, all you who are seeking to be right, all you who are seeking to be accepted in the beloved, you have already been accepted. Therefore, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Relax. I have already fulfilled all these things. That's what Jesus is saying. Come to me and take a nap. Come to me, sit down. Let me teach you how these things work. Let me teach you how the kingdom of God works. Let me show you these things. I will give you rest. When Adam was first created, he was created to reign in the position of rest. When God blessed him and told him to be fruitful or commanded him to be fruitful, to multiply and to have dominion, the fruitfulness, the multiplication, the dominion and the subduing were to be done from a position of rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm not abandoning you to figure things out. I'm not abandoning you to try and figure your way out. No. Learn from me. Sit down. Let me do it as you watch. Sit down. Let me do it as you watch. And then I invite you to come and do it with me. And as you mature in Christ, you now receive power to do what God has called you to do. The disciples were called by Jesus. They did not choose Jesus. Jesus chose them. They had to spend time with Jesus. They had to sit down and watch Jesus teach. They had to sit down and watch Jesus preach. They had to sit down and watch how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees. And then from there, he sent them out. 
But before he send them out, he tells them, go and wait for power. Go and wait for power. Wait for the Holy Spirit, the promised helper. When he comes, you shall receive power to do the things which I have taught you to do and much more than what I did when I was with you. Come to me, learn of me, take my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am gentle and lowly in heart. Just as I humbled myself to even to the point of death, without fighting back, without defending myself, learn from me, be gentle in your dealings. I am lowly and gentle in heart. You are learning that for the first things that we learn is how to be humble, how to be a lamb slain before God, lowly and gentle in heart. For by doing that, then you will find rest for your souls. And therefore, there is the act of coming. Just by coming to Jesus Christ, you find rest. Now, learning how he lived his life, then you find rest for your soul. Jesus Christ becomes the anchor of your soul. But it all begins by Jesus taking your place. To be in Christ begins by Jesus taking your place. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I am not here to get you to do things that you cannot do. I am not here to tell you to fulfill certain requirements, certain laws, certain regulations that I know you cannot. I'm not here to add a burden to you. My burden is easy. My burden to you is for you to come and rest. Take a position of rest. Take a position of a student. Let me teach you how I was humble before the Father. For I am humble and gentle. I am lowly and gentle in heart. It is a sad thing when you see many believers running around trying to win acceptance. It is disheartening to see many believers seeking approval, especially from the ways of men. Seeking approval from systems of this world, the governments of this world. It is disheartening to see churches looking to the government and for other entities for support and neglecting Jesus Christ who has called the church to come to him and to rest in his presence and to learn of him. The ways of men lead to death but we have received the free gift the life giving gift 
the gift of Jesus Christ. That as we function, as we live, as we move, remember our being, our life, everything is in Christ Jesus. He took our place and once he has taken our place, now all that you do is to be in him. Come to me, you will find rest. And while you are in me, learn from me, learn from me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus has already pleased God. You only please God when you are in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. To be in Christ begins with Christ taking your place. Father, thank you for this word. Receive glory, honor, and adoration. Father, enlarge us. Fill us, Almighty God, with a spiritual understanding and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we may increase in the knowledge of your Son, that we may know and settle in our hearts that he took our place. To be in Christ begins by him taking our place, that now we may rest in his presence as he teaches us, as your Son leads us in the path of righteousness as he teaches us how to live right. May your spirit, Father, work with power and might in the lives of your children, that the lives that they live will reflect the kingdom principles to the glory and honor of your name. Thank you for the victories of Jesus Christ, which have now become our victories, Thank you for the victories that are ahead of us. We can rest for Jesus Christ, your Son, your beloved Son, our Lord and our Savior, confirmed to us that he has won. He has secured victory. And therefore, we have no reason to be worried. We have no reason to be anxious. For he has already overcome the world and we have become overcomers in him. For this is our victory, our faith in Jesus Christ. Receive glory, honor, and adoration. Father, thank you for this ministry. We commit it into your hands today, O Lord, that you may use it to the glory and honor of your name, that many may know that truly, truly you are the living God, and Jesus Christ is your Son, whom you sent, the eternal one, for this is eternal life. Thank you for this opportunity, Father, Thank you for this time. Thank you for this resource. Father, we commit them into your hands that you may use them, O Lord, to touch a life or two that we may rejoice in your name. In the name of Jesus, the beloved, we pray and believe. Amen and amen. May you have a wonderful day as you move on. Jesus Christ has taken your place. Your life is now hidden in him. This is Pastor Ibrahim. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. And this is Eternal Radio and Eternal Life Eternal Radio and Life Eternal Podcast. Remember, you can support us uh, by becoming a monthly uh, subscriber 
through our podcast and we appreciate you so much as you consider that. May God bless you and enrich you mightily. Amen.